it's a bit of a frustrating reality that the best way to get tomorrow's job is to be seen to be doing it today. Welcome to Tech Inspired. My name is Priska and I am your host today. With this podcast, we want to inspire and empower more women to start a career in tech. We interview on a regular basis exciting guests from the tech industry who share their stories, insights, and career advice. Let's get started to build your best career in tech. So today we have Stephanie Barker on the podcast. Stephanie and I, we have actually met in November um, five years ago at an event for female founders. And um, yeah, we connected and we actually started to get the girls in tech Switzerland. I always felt um, Stephanie has quite an impressive career herself in the tech industry. And first, introduce yourself. Thank you. So I started out studying economics and then did one placement in finance and realized that wasn't for me. Um, I think my feedback from my boss at the time was, you're more interested in the Bloomberg technology than you are in finance. (laughs) And maybe you should consider a a career in tech. Honestly, it was a gift. And looking back, I cannot believe that no one had ever mentioned a career in tech to me until that point. So anyways, I started pivoting into tech, did another uh, experience in tech and and loved it. Um, Used my master's to pivot more formally into tech and through my studies, you know, always sort of um, entrepreneurial, whether it was with projects, profit or nonprofit, and then started my first job in, in software, as a, uh, software as a service for a company called Medallia, so data analytics, and then created a few organizations. So one with Priska, as Priska mentioned, called Girls in Tech Switzerland. Uh, now sitting on the board with an amazing operational team and created during that time TechFace with Prisca, uh, also st- still very, very proudly involved and a website development agency called called Waz Websites where uh, you can pay monthly for build and editing of websites. Um, my day job is uh, as a software engineer team lead for a company called Palantir. So we work on problems like how to accelerate drug discovery with pharma companies, how to create an industry app store. I think it's very amazing all these different things you are doing and all the different topics you're tackling. But let's go back first to your childhood. Did you have Mm -hmm. any connection to tech in your childhood, like maybe a parent or family members who working in tech? Did you have any touch points there? So yes, I did. And this is why it's so crazy that no one was like, hey, why don't you work in tech? Both my parents worked for Hewlett Packard. Like, <laughs> how did it not occur to them? I mean, not to criticize my parents, they're wonderful. But how did it not occur to them to say like, hey, maybe you you want to check out tech too. But to be fair, you know, in school and stuff like our the computer classes was like, figuring out word documents like it wasn't like how does software work and here are the careers in tech right do you feel it changed today like what kids do you have any idea or any input from what kids are doing today in school do you think it's changing now I think so. I think in the sense, okay, well, perhaps not as much as I would like to see it changed. I think we should have digital literacy classes in school, like how to identify fake news, how, you know, how to clear your cash and manage your privacy uh, online. I think those things are still missing. But there are now, you know, coding camps for kids and there are those that spectrum of things. I still think we're, we're, we're behind on those things. I would like to see that change. 
when we started with Girls in Tech, I think we both had the same situation. We were both working in tech already and mm-hmm. felt how we were lacking the diversity and especially also female colleagues at work that we can exchange mm-hmm. and connect. How do you think this influenced today the, the female tech communities compared to what you experienced earlier? Did you feel like that could have helped you earlier in your career as well? Definitely. So uh, when I so my first job in tech uh, was for a web crawler company, and I would show up to work with baggy clothes, like in the hope that people would forget I was a woman. Like it was a very strange thing, and uh, and it was it was awkward. Like you visibly, I mean, there, there it wasn't a very big company. There was maybe six or seven people. But when the CEO introduced me to to the team, so my team, the dev team, they didn't lift their heads from their screen. And then we started chatting through at the time like Gmail chat before they were comfortable like speaking to me. Like how is that supposed to make you feel? I mean, I don't. I hardly like blame the guys right like they I mean you know but but when you're building a company you have to start diverse right away or it's, it's really painful and honestly I didn't go back to that company uh, after my studies even though there was an offer and a big part of that was because like I was like I don't really like see myself in that so anyways now you know thanks to the role models that I discovered in my job actually my first job with Medallia and uh, through girls in tech and meeting people like you Priska uh, I realized that actually like you like leadership doesn't have to look a certain way uh, that developers don't have to look a certain way and uh, and that probably people can tell I'm a woman <laughs> you're dressing differently now no more baggage yeah. clothes yeah. and um, what would you recommend anyone who is now in the position of saying okay I want to move into tech and I feel like our audience there are a lot of women who are working in a different space in a different area and are fascinated by the tech industry what would you recommend them to do i would say well uh, i would say the the kind of basic things are attend tech events if you can do a conversion course to really demonstrate that you're committed to tech and not only interested um i i gave an interview recently and asked the candidates because there wasn't any sort of like, he didn't have any training for, for tech or kind of any background. He was applying to, to software company. I asked him, you know, can you give me an example that demonstrates your interest in tech? And he said, I always buy the latest iPhone. I was like, mm. <laughs> you're going to need to develop that to show me why that's not the same as like most people in, in uh, you know, a sort of affluent uh, uh, situations. So anyways, work on something that truly demonstrates your commitments. And then, yeah, like if you can start some kind of tech role within your own company, then that's ideal. Again, because it demonstrates that sort of uh, commitment to tech within yourself. Apply to the mentor program by TechFace. Join the WeTech Together conference. Uh, and in all seriousness, uh, organizations like TechFace are really there to, to accompany you and connect you with people who are in the position that you would like to be. Absolutely. I think connection is, is quite an important part of getting into the tech industry and getting any job, to be honest. What do you do usually when you need to, like when you feel like you want to expand your network? How did you build up your network? So the big, a big one was definitely creating Girls in Tech. So if you can, I recommend getting involved with 
girls in tech or organizations like it, although obviously girls in tech is superior now, <laughs> um, and organizing events, because the great thing about organizing events versus uh, only participating, which is still great, is that you get to know the speakers, you get to know the other organizing team, and everyone will remember you as the organizer. Whereas if you're a participant, of course, it's a lot less work, let's be clear, but you'll also probably exchange with like one or two people during the networking you know, in a quality exchange. Um, whereas as the organizer, you're, it's maybe more like 10 to 20 people. That's true. And I think as an organizer, you also need to be more involved with the tech topic or the topic of the yeah. event and need to be yeah. have a bit of an understanding to be able to to organize these events. So Absolutely. it's already a great opportunity to, to know more about it. But why should anyone work in tech? What is it that you love about your job today? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a good question. So I, I love technology because I think it's, uh, well, there are two, two reasons I would say, like on the one hand, um, having studied economics, I realized that technology is a multiplier of prosperity in general. So I do think that's important. And secondly, I think technology gives humans more space for what we're uniquely good at. So creative problem solving. And I love seeing that, you know, so in my day to day, for example, you know, we're helping pharma researchers Historically, it was taking them eight months to get access to data to do their analysis. And now we're at the point where it's taking them three hours for the same for the same purpose um, and giving them that sort of freedom and, and speed to do what they do best is something I find really rewarding. I think that's a quite important point. Like, I really feel we need to use technology to for the greater good and also to help us to be our better selves and and mm. as you said also release things we're really good at and not using technology to really replace us one-to-one -one because this mm. is from my point of view it will never be possible that technology mm -hmm. is going to be exactly where we are today mm -hmm. and where do you think is technology heading so which area are you most interested in and you feel like that's an exciting future? Well, I mean, I think there are there are the what I would call sort of obvious candidates. I mean, I am a big believer in data analytics, but I will say I don't mean data analytics like reports. I mean, powering up decisions with analytics. So instead of simply having a report and putting the onus on the human to gather, you know, make a decision from it helping humans make decisions is better. So for example, um, if I am a construction business owner and I need to manage my inventory, I've just sold some materials. I want the software to tell me, hey, you're low on these materials. The best supplier for you is to buy 50, you know, 50 kilograms of this from this supplier in two days when the prices are, are lowest. Like, I, want it, I, don't, I don't want to just have a report at the end of the year that says, hey, actually that time you could have bought it for lower or like maybe next year you should buy it. You know, I, I want it to be helping me in my decisions. Of course, I should be able to override them and explain to the model why I'm overriding them so that the model can get better. That's the direction I'm, I'm most interested in is technology in, uh, in operations to make better decisions. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that's sort of um, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Those are the areas I would focus on. But I also think there's a lot to do 
in everything that's augmented so augmented reality virtual reality so if you think about all the applications for augmented reality i mean whether it's when you're buying furniture so the more sort of consumer facing things or whether it's the more b2b things like you're repairing a plane and need to you know recognize which piece is missing or which part was broken um and whether the piece you have in, in inventory you need to see is this actually the piece that's going to fit before i wait three weeks to order the piece yeah those are the perhaps the two areas that i'm most interested in in seeing and sort of careers developing in data area is quite interesting i see a lot of open positions also for data analysts uh, data scientists mm -hmm. uh, everything that has to do with data so i guess you're absolutely right it's a, definitely an interesting area but the other hand it's also the data era is also something where we can have also a lot of disadvantages when we talk, for example, um, biases in hiring tools and things like that. Have you experienced anything like that? And what would you recommend? How can we deal with this situation? It's a tough one. So I, I can't say that I've experienced it firsthand. The most famous case, I mean, the, the, the case that comes to my mind when I see that are a couple things. One is the Amazon case where they tried to build an AI, but they tried to build an AI based on their own top performing developers, which were not diverse in the first place. So what they should have done is, or what they could have done, and perhaps they thought about this, I don't know for sure, is saying what would be our ideal team in terms of diversity and performance, and then work backwards from there. I hope they thought about it. So perhaps that didn't work either. Um, unfortunately, we can't model future uh, diversity based on the past because diversity just wasn't there. So high performing diverse teams of the future cannot be modeled on the past. That's just unfortunately the truth. So we have to get a bit more creative in that regard. The other example uh, is when you and i think they've updated this but previously when you used to google ceo the first female ceo to come up was barbie ceo like what the actual so anyways and and of course like in a way that's not google's fault because that's just like all the images that have ceo um uh, alt text are white guys right mm -hmm. um but but that's that's I guess part of the question is like well is it Google's responsibility or or is it not I I actually in this case don't think it is sadly but um, yeah that's another thing is like well does Google want that to be the output of their model or or do they want it to be more more diverse more mm -hmm. inclusive I think this is a quite important question and something we need to take into consideration going forward is like we can't use past data the way we used it to build the future because mm -hmm. we want to change the future we don't want to have the same future and yeah. I, I think it's very important in this area to think about how can we use past data in a way that it's building a new future and not replicating what you had in the past because mm -hmm. things will change a lot i mean we've seen like all these different jobs coming up in the tech industry that haven't existed five or ten years ago how yeah. can we how can we build this future without knowing what has happened um, like taking the data from the past but not replicating it because it wasn't there before yeah i think that's um, quite an interesting space and there will be a lot of things happening and it needs everyone from us so mm. it needs quite a high diversity so yeah thanks a lot for sharing this with us 
And one advice you would like to give anyone out there going into tech, like what would be your top career advice to them? My top advice would be that you're already a leader. So act like it. You can lead in your very own way. And if you would like to progress in whichever direction, you know, say in which way you would like to progress and, you know, uh, aim to develop the skills for that role or that job in advance and really demonstrate it. It's a bit of a frustrating reality that the best way to get tomorrow's job is to be seen to be doing it today. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you are. It's for everyone the same. But I, I think that's a very good advice because if you talk about leadership, is leading your own career is, is the first leadership task you have in your own mm -hmm. in your career life. And I think that's, yeah. that's quite important. And yeah. I was re recently listening to a podcast as well. And the, the advice I got out of it or the idea I got out of it is like, act today as if you had the job you want tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's how you get to the job you want tomorrow. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean becoming more senior. It might mean becoming more, ex more experts in a particular topic. But yeah, I mean, I had a, a team member recently who, uh, who was matched to a, a new joiner as a mentor. And he was like, he was like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know how to be a mentor, though. Like, I should do some research on it. And I was like, oh, I mean, yes, that's, that's great. You should do research. But you would be a great mentor you know I was like come on give yourself some credit you, yeah. you can do this yeah exactly first say yes then figure out how to do it <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, thank you very much for being on the podcast today finally after five years we had this talk <laughs> well before we close I have three speak questions usually and I also want to ask them you the first one is who is your favorite female role model I mean of course, of course, I, I start by thinking about my my mother, who's amazing, who is extremely determined and resilient and, yeah, sort of feminine and business savvy all at the same time. And then there are a couple of people I can think of. One um, is, uh, is it was formerly a CFO of Cisco and Oracle and yeah, it's just an, an amazing, you know, friend and parent and businesswoman um, and is very direct, but also, you know, again, like <laughs> still very feminine and uh, demonstrates leadership all, all the same. And I've appreciated her sharing her advice, of course, but um, uh, but also her experience, because when I when I speak to her about our experience, she tends to put it in perspective in the sense, you know, she's, she's older, of course, and she'll say, I never put pictures of my family in my office until I reached the C-suite. And then I wanted to show my example. But before then, I could only, I could not exist as anything else than a professional in my professional environment. And, you know, I hope that's like somewhat changed for our generation. I feel like it has. But yeah, it's been interesting exchanging with her on those kind of topics. And and I'm lucky to, to have uh, had that exposure to her through networking. And so that's an example of someone I've, I've known more closely. Oh, another one that I absolutely love is Bozoma St. John, the CMO, so the marketing chief marketing officer of Netflix. She was also the chief marketing officer of Apple retail before that, if I'm remembering correctly. Anyways, just generally very badass. And like, she is very 
just very herself, like very unapologetic, whether it has to do with her sort of uh, culture and nationality or her just like like personality. And I just find that really inspiring that it, it's sad to say like despite that, she's had an amazing career, um, but she she broke the mold and still had an amazing career. And I find that really inspiring. What is your most important skill? My most important skill is well, I'll put two just to show off. Um, <laughs> emotional intelligence and what I would call negotiation. So when I talk about emotional intelligence, I mean really listening to people and understanding the subtext of what they're saying sometimes and trying to sort of meet them meet them their way, anticipate their needs and make them feel like, well, allow them to to trust you and show that they can trust you um and i mean i mentioned negotiation but uh you need emotional intelligence i would argue for good negotiation negotiation because not in necessarily just the sales way but when i think about my interactions uh with clients for example you want to you want to be able to set boundaries and say no to things without leaving them unhappy and i think that's a bit of a negotiation to say no, uh, you know, I'm not going to do this for this reason, but I will meet you halfway with this. Or, you know, also a very easy way to, to build trust with people is to just be reliable. Just I just feel like you have to put that out there. I know that seems basic, but a lot of the ways I've built trust is, yes, by anticipating people's needs and trying to be proactive in that way. But also when you say you're going to do something, do something do it as soon as you can and that builds trust in people because they're like okay like when Steph says she's going to do something I don't need to worry about it it's going to get done Mm -hmm. and that's the basic but you can really breach trust if you don't do that absolutely and I can second all of what you just said and confirm you have those skills (laughs) (laughs) and the last question is what was the best advice you have ever received Ooh. um go confidently in the direction of your dreams and that was, she was quoting someone, I don't know who, but that was the CEO of my first company. She f- had founded the company with her with her husband sort of later in life. And yeah, that was something she, she said to me and actually had up in her office, if I remember correctly. And I think, yeah, I think that there's an element of, she, she, you know, she's not saying like, you know, don't don't go stupidly but uh, go with confidence and find your path and you really I do believe that if you set your mind and intention to it you can sort of live the life you'd like mm-hmm. to absolutely thank you very much that's a great closing to this podcast and I'm mm-hmm. very happy to have you in this podcast thank you Priska thank you so much bye everyone did you enjoy this episode don't forget to comment or rate us on your podcast app never want to miss an episode again Sign up now for our newsletter on techface.ch or follow us on Spotify or wherever you are listening to podcasts. Stay tuned and build your best career in tech.